Lance, uh, Merle, good morning. Uh, good to talk to you for the first time in three weeks. It has. It is good to talk to you. So, folks, we are here, and I am. Uh, we are back in our camping uh, things again. So we are up in Eagle River at a great little campground. And uh, so, by the way, I have to put a little bit of disclosure out there for everybody who's listening. If all of a sudden you hear some weird stuff, and either myself or Mike, we stop talking for a second, hold on. Um, we use Starlink. We do these types of programs. It allows us to do a voice over Internet as well as our Internet and our research and so forth. Um, but it doesn't like to work under trees. And so trees are great for camping. They're not really good for satellite service. So uh, that being said, we're, uh, Mike and I have been working this morning and getting this all ready to go as much as we can. So if we disappear for a little bit, folks, hang in there. We'll be back. Um, uh, or we have the, uh, the backup plan in place. But we are here. We can take your live phone calls. 715-845-2155. Give us a call. Our banter is just here to entertain you, well, hopefully, <laughs> while we while we get ready for your call. Absolutely. Well, there it is. Uh, Merle just did the the entire uh, disclaimer right there. Look at that. I mean, that's that's professionalism Absolutely. Uh, right there. Absolutely. Hold it. My name and professionalism. Man, those things kind of don't necessarily come together, quite honestly, so. <laughs> You know what? Again, we make it work. We make it work here. As as I was telling you, I've had a busy week. Uh, I was in Chicago last weekend, actually, uh, to see my Houston Dash play against the Chicago Red Stars. That didn't go as planned. Uh, The plan after that was I was going to watch the U.S. women's national team take on uh, a game in the round of 16 at the Women's World Cup. That didn't work out because that didn't the, work out. Yeah, the U.S. Uh, played at, uh, instead of playing at 9 p.m., we played at uh, – we played at 4 a.m. I I get up in the hotel room at, you know, 3 o'clock. I'm going to watch the match. I'm all pumped up. And that didn't work out because we, not only did we lose, uh, I ended up checking out of my hotel room early. And it turns out when you have a connected room, like you're, you're controlling the TV with your phone in the Hilton app, when you hit the mm-hmm. checkout button, the TV stops working. <laughs> They say, well, you've said you're checked out. We don't need to let you watch TV anymore. Yeah. Well, so at, uh, me, at, four, at about 4.45 a.m., I started my drive back to Wausau. I was gone for 23 hours. I left Wausau at 10 a.m. on Saturday. I got back at 9 a.m. on Sunday. Well, that's a, a heck of a day. It, um, it, it really is. Yeah. yeah. And, of yeah. course, both of my teams lost. So... <laughs> But hey, it'll be a great story for the niece and nephew when I'm back in South Dakota here in a in a couple of weeks. Uh, Merle, right. I, again, I've had a pretty busy week. I know you've had a busy week as well. I haven't really seen a whole lot of what's gone on uh, with the markets. Yeah, yeah. I know, like uh, normal, we had maybe a few signs that were good. We had maybe a few signs that weren't so good. Uh, a report on inflation that was a little higher than expected. What has all this meant for the 401k that I haven't looked at this week? Well, for your 401k and for all of us, it's been kind of a, a week that's jumped up and down. And there's, a, there's always a, it's called a market snapshot that comes up through marketwatch.com, which, folks, is the website that we use for doing a radio program here. Um, and in this, there's a, uh, an article, of course, on a weekly basis that uh, this week was Joy Weathermuth and Joseph Aldolfi uh, put together. And so they have this kind of a weekly snapshot and update. So what happened is we actually had a week-to-week uh, drop or loss inside of the NASDAQ and really sparked by the tech stocks, the Magnificent 7 or whatever term you want to use it by the uh, big tech standards, um, had dropped down this past week, and so they went down. And so a couple of stocks, even that I owned, dropped down. And 
you know, we look at that and say, well, geez, what's going on? Well, you know, basically, basically, essentially what happened is a few things. First of all, you mentioned inflation. Thursday, we had good inflation numbers. Friday, we had bad inflation numbers. Not really bad, but just a little bit less than what people expected. Consumer sentiment out of the University of Michigan came back less than the people. People are less than what was expected. People are essentially are saying that um, they're not as confident about the economy as they once were. Now, maybe that's summer. Uh, maybe it's People are starting to get the shopping going for the kids back to school here, which is coming up in a couple of weeks. Um, but all that just kind of slopes up down. Not uncommon that we see in the summertime. But one of the biggest things that's got an underlying um, ripple inside of the markets, folks, is that Fitch downgraded the U.S. debt from AAA to AA+. And we've heard every administration, doesn't matter if it's the good guys or the bad guys from your sense, um, but all the administrations always say, you know, the U.S. has got the best credit rating. Well, the fact of the matter is, is that when you have so much debt and you're not paying off principal and you just keep adding to that debt, eventually, I don't care who you are, whether it's uh, Mike, you, me, Bob, Larry, mm-hmm. uh, Mary, or the U.S. government, eventually that debt comes to uh, uh, bite you. And, and it, I don't know if it's happening, but I think Fitch was right in their downgrade. Um, though there's a lot of people, including Janet Yellen, um, who had said, well, they're not looking at the right numbers. No, they are looking at the right numbers. Throughout the course of this year, since we did the um, budget and we said, okay, we're going to let the budget uh, expand the debt, they added, they being government, they added $1.1 trillion for our national debt over the course of the last few months. And the reason they had to add so much of that is because the tax revenue has fallen off. Now, obviously, we're still collecting tax revenue. We all know that when you get our paychecks, folks. But that tax revenue is falling off, and largely because of the money that we've been giving out as uh, COVID relief and emergency funding has fallen off, but that was also taxable. So with that taxable dollars that came out, how the IRS spun this and made this work, I'm not going to try to figure out. Um, but because of that, now the tax revenue has fallen off. We had to borrow a ton of money to make sure we took care of all those expenses. And, of course, that is all being borrowed on future dollars that we haven't collected from a tax revenue standpoint. And the U.S. government continues to keep funding. So all these things kind of came together in this cesspool of craziness throughout the course of this past week and make the market jump all over the place. In fact, if we take a look at um, Thursday, Thursday we were up some 450 points, 460 points at one point in time, and we still finished positive, but nowhere near that big jump that we had at that point. So a lot of craziness. So the whole market is essentially trying to Settle out, okay, what does all this mean, and where are the markets, corporate profits, that kind of stuff, going um, out into the future? And that's been the insanity that we saw over the course of the last week or so. Now, uh, a lot Okay, of... we're done now. Tip your waitress on the way out. Thank you. Good night. <laughs> Shut up, please. Yes, it, it, indeed. And, hey, we got through uh, seven minutes without losing you there, so that's got to be a good sign for that, the— uh, <clears throat> That in itself is pretty impressive. that uh, got to be a good sign for the rest of the show. Again, 715-845-2155 is the number to call. If you uh, have a question for Merle, just because Merle's on the phone doesn't mean we don't have an open phone line for you because, uh, well, quite frankly, we do right now. So we'd love to uh, take your calls uh, live on the air here with Merle. One thing I wanted to ask you about in there uh, that you hit on, uh, the the U.S. credit rating going from AAA to AA+. Plus. Now, I know at one point the U.S. was actually at triple A plus credit. Been, yeah. What is what is yep. the you know, it, it seems like that's that's good. It seems like anything, you know, double A plus would mean uh, well above average and maybe triple A plus is, you know, excellent credit. 
what what exactly is the difference between something like say a double a AA plus and a triple a or a triple a plus rating uh so what is i guess my question ultimately is what does this mean that the u.s uh, credit has been it, downgraded like that it really really not much um it's probably more symbolic than anything else in my opinion because the u.s credit rating is still much higher than most of the world and our ability to pay back is still much better than most of the world um, but really what it does is it's going to end up increasing our debt cost so you think about this um if you have company A or person A that's got triple rating, the best in the world, then you have the next person who's got D rating, which is probably about the worst. Um, and they say, well, I want to borrow $1,000 from you. Which one do you have the expectation of getting your money back first from? And two, um, which one are you going to charge the higher interest rate in case you don't get paid back? Obviously, the lower credit rating has more of a risk of not being paid back as well as you have to have a higher interest rate to be able to recover if they don't pay you back. So that might be where it comes from for the U.S. is maybe we get a, a few tenths of a percent more from an interest rate uh, than if we borrowed from a country that had a triple A rating um, or triple A plus. Uh, we might have to pay a higher interest rate in the U.S. to be able to, to take that amount of money um, or borrow that amount of money from the world and investors. So that might be the bottom line effect. But from a triple A to the double A plus, it's probably more symbolic than actually having some sort of a, an effect would be my guess. Yeah, so so maybe kind of the difference between having a credit score of eight fifteen versus eight hundred, chances are still pretty good that you're going to get your money back yeah, uh, from yeah. that person. Yeah, I think uh, you know the the world looks at it and says, "Oh, who's going to you know pay us back first, the U.S. or uh, I'm, I'm going to pick on South Africa or South Africa?" You okay. know, and people I think are looking and say, "Well, we're still sticking with the U.S. even though you went from AAA to AA plus." And I think that's the same effect we're going to end up seeing on the world stage with uh, um, all of this and U.S. borrowing money through its treasury program and that type of thing. So I'm not really concerned about that so much. All right. Even though South Africa went further than we did in, in the Women's World Cup, we've, we've got them beat in other areas. <laughs> there you go. Again, you, you, you know me. I've got to find a way to uh, to, to get my uh, sneak that in every anytime oh, I, can. I get it. <laughs> So yeah. in here, you know, we saw the market and the tech stock go down. Um, and I'm looking at an article. So this comes from an article from Wallace Witkowski. Um, and the title of his article is George Soros blows up on AI chip makers, NVIDIA and AMD, and then sells Salesforce and Snowflake. So the reason I put this out there is because we saw uh, AMD and NVIDIA drop down pretty good this past week. Um, you know, so those stocks, you know, do we sell the stocks? And I'm not going out there say we should sell or buy them either way. But George Soros, who may, he and I may not agree politically, um, but he's become a billionaire because, by the way he invests. So we look at this, you know, they see the tech sector having an issue um, dropping down. And, uh, and so then you see George Soros come in and buys up um, 250,000 share position in AMD and buys uh, 10,000 shares in NVIDIA and buys them on their sale. Um, he also bought some Microsoft and some OpenAI in the past, too. So um, I can actually see where people are looking around and saying, geez, I'm going to get rid of this stuff. And now you see the money coming in and buying the stuff up on sale. So that gives me some uh, some good hope uh, that we're still going to be fine into the future. Because you start seeing these people who are you know been doing this stuff for a long time and they're buying the stuff on sale. They're not dumping it and saying, let's get out and run. So on that, um, for whatever that's worth, folks, um, 
WSAU, online at WSAU.com as well. Taking a look outside the window right now, mostly cloudy skies. Uh, no rain expected today, at least. Looks like our next best chance of rain is going to be Monday. For those of you who are interested or, or were waiting with bated breath for the report, by the way, uh, between Friday morning and Friday evening, about four tenths of an inch of rain in the Leishner rain gauge on Wausau's west side. Of course, that number uh, is unofficial. I know Merle actually keeps track of that uh, in his office every day. He he has a notepad, and he's checking my rain well, gauge against his own. Um, odds are low of that uh, actually being accurate. Yeah, so. <laughs> well, both. Either the fact that you actually keep track or the fact that uh, my rain gauge actually said that much. Again, mine, I as I say, it's unofficial. The, the official political answer is yes. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, Merle, looking at, uh, a lot, again, a lot of the indicators this week of real uh, mixed week, as we've uh, kind of already established, <laughs> Uh, what is uh, something else that, that you saw this week uh, that uh, kind of tells us that, hey, you know what? We're not terrible. We're not good. We're not overly great. We're not overly bad. You know, we're just kind of there. Um, yeah. I, you know, there's a, another article, folks, uh, by Nicole Greenberg. Um, it says, economists are getting optimistic about GDP and jobs, survey says. So in here... You know, the, the sales of the country in one of the, the, the broad measures that we typically use is GDP, which is gross domestic product. So you've heard us talk about that, but in, so many people say, well, what's GDP and why is that important? Well, GDP essentially is like the sales of your company. So how are the sales going? In fact, we have a, a person came in our office, and so I was teaching her some of the things you look at when we're looking at investments. And I like to see companies that where the sales go up on a consistent basis. And well, we want to see the same thing in our, our economy. So if our economies continue to keep getting bigger and growing, from that we can have a certain amount of expectations. We can have expectations of, of more tax growth coming in. We can have expectations that uh, jobs are going to continue to grow. So the economy wants to see that GDP grow. So throughout the course of this year, um, inside of this article, the economy is forecast to grow, and I'm reading verbatim, uh, 1.9% this quarter, a jump from the previous estimate of 0.6%. Um, and so likely uh, over 1% for the fourth quarter, which means for 24, we're going to have some growth. And if you think about this, um, over a year ago, uh, everybody was saying that we're going to have this major recession going on in 2024. Now, folks, uh, Mike and I talked about it. He picked up an article, and, I, and Mike, I'm not sure if you remember where the article was or not, but um, there's, there's rumbling saying, we're not going to have a recession at all. And boy, I don't know that I would uh, believe that at this point in time, you know, so... You can't have an economy that you're slowing down by increase of interest rates, which, by the way, has been happening over the course of the past year. Uh, we have an economy that's slowing. Now, granted, we haven't had the big major layoffs and unemployment issues that you normally have during a recessionary event. But there's a couple of things that are in here and adding to the information from this article that I want to take a stab at that I think are going to contribute to the slowing of the economy. We may have a recession, but... I don't think we have this great recession that they're talking about in 2008. I just don't foresee that because there's too many of us working and that kind of stuff. But here's a few things that I want us to put some thought to, folks. We we have some some cash crunch coming up um, that we have to look at. And, and Mike, this will certainly uh, hit directly upon you, too, as far as your thought process would go. And that is two things. One, we have to start paying for student loans again. 
And for a lot of people that, you know, maybe two, three, five, maybe even uh, six or seven hundred dollars per month of a, of a um, uh, student loan payment, um, you haven't had to for a while. Well, that money was going someplace. Um, at one point in time, we could probably make a case it was going into savings. But if we're looking at the national savings rate right now, that's starting to drop down. We're seeing credit cards go up. And so now this payment, which was going to something else before, some other expenditure, is not going to go out to student loans, but that's going to have an effect on the economy. Um, additionally, uh, we're going to have extra mortgage. Now, I'm not talking about an individual like you, Mike, who's probably going to stay with your mortgage. By the way, that'd be a really good idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but all of a sudden, uh, the person says, well, I'm going to sell my house now. I'm going to buy a different house. Well, they sell their house now. They might have been at a 3 to 3.5% three mortgage. Now they're not only going to buy a house where the interest rate is going to be 6 uh, but they're also buying a house that is appreciated, maybe 25 or 30% from where it was three, four years ago. So that's going to end up adding, if you do some some numbers to it, it's pretty easy to see that the monthly payment could be eight, $900 more than the house you sold before. Um, and so that's going to take out another $10,000 out of personal expenditure stuff, and the personal expenditure is where the, the consumer spending has really been what's been holding us up over the course of the last number of years here. So I think all of that's going to add to a slowdown in the economy, uh, possibly uh, possibly even a, a recession. But I just don't see the big depth falling off recession at this point in time. We don't see it yet. So it's all really going to be dependent upon what the Fed does as far as dropping interest rates to get us fired up and sparked back up again. I don't know what the Fed's done. I could certainly make a case that the Fed's going to go up another quarter of a percent interest rate yet. Um, just because of the numbers that we're seeing, um, uh, inflation is doing really well, but it's not quite there yet where they want it to be. So we'll happen to see what happens for the next year. But this no recession thing, I, I just don't see it. Maybe the, the fabled soft landing recession might be a case, actually. But I just don't see a non-recession area for the people who are saying that. And, uh, you know, it, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. I would say, uh, again, these things go in cycles, just like, you know, your favorite sports team. I'm a Jacksonville Jaguars fan. We had some bad, bad years. But, of course, last year, going back to the playoffs and actually winning a game in the playoffs and now actually having expectations going into another season. I don't I, I guess I'm seeing where it's exactly like that. We can go through a slow time, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the sky is falling. Yeah, you know, Mike, I heard that there's actually a 12-step program for Jackson Jaguars. <laughs> oh, believe me, uh, that is true. I can tell you. <laughs> I can tell you from experience that it's true. <laughs> so, you know, really, you can make money in wherever it is, and I hear Jim Cramer talk about this all the time, and he's right. You can make money wherever you are from an economic standpoint, um, whether we're in a recession or sort of a, an inflationary economy or a big growth economy. You can make money in all those different areas. But that's where the financial professionals come into the place. Um, I, whenever I hear things um, and we start coming to a recessionary event, I'm always reminded when I was young in this business um, in the early 80s, and Mike, you may not remember this, but I assure you that so many people listening do, is they had in the back of the milk cartons. This wasn't the plastic stuff. This was the, they had the old half-gallon paper cartons. Sure. They had a picture of a child on the side. You know, So have you seen this child? Great program, you know, trying to find missing children. And um, um, with that, we had the joke as we started coming up into the 90s that they had uh, um, uh, investors who said, I can do it by myself. You know, I'm going to do investing on my own. 
Um, and uh, so they put the picture on there and say, have you seen this investor? Because they all disappeared as the uh, recessionary issues and markets started dropping in the late 90s. And so as we come up with a recessionary marketplace, uh, if we come to a recessionary uh, economy coming up, um, it'll be interesting to see you know, what happens to all the investors that say, I can do it by myself. I don't need to have a financial professional help me. Well, a financial professional, I think, are really good in this world, folks, especially if you find some good quality ones, because they can teach you where to look um, on an ongoing basis um, with the investments, uh, whether we are in a recession or whether we're in a growth economy or inflationary. Because we can still make money in all of them, we just have to have the ability to adjust our portfolio. Um, so I guess there's my plug for our industry. Uh, again, thank you very much. Tip your waitress on the way out. 715-845-2155 is the number to call. If you've got a question for Merle, we'd be happy to hook you up. But first, uh, we'll take a break and take a look at your local and re- uh, national news headlines here on WSAU. It is 8.35 on the Saturday morning, AM 550, FM 99.9, WSAU, and online at WSAU.com as well. I am WSAU News Director Mike Leishner on the phone with Merle Kelch, Kelch & Associates. Uh, I understand breakfast uh, is almost done and you're already working on dinner. Is that correct? That's right. Um, breakfast is, we're, we're, uh, well, breakfast isn't done, but okay. uh, dinner is, and uh we're thinking about a place in Eagle River called Toad something. And uh, so I'm working on my wife to buy me breakfast. What's interesting is when she opens up her wallet, moths fly out because <laughs> it's been so long since her wallet has been open uh, that moths fly out and there's some sort of a mushroom spores and dust that come right out of her wallet when that happens. And I'm really happy that she doesn't listen to the show because that'll be kind of funny when uh, people start reminding her of this. Right. So there's an article that's out there today. It reminded me of one that I had earlier, and I couldn't find that article, folks, but I'll share that and I'll share this one with you. Um, so inside of this article, they're looking at and saying, well, what's cheaper to own? An article by Leslie Albrecht it says electric vehicles versus gas powered cars. Which one is cheaper to buy and to own? And so in there, they have some comparisons and so forth, and I'll certainly get down to the bottom and, and show you what it was. But there was an article that came through. Um, on um, uh, my Fox News, Fox Business, on their app, app site. And again, just couldn't find it this morning, folks, but I'm happy to share it with you. A gentleman who bought a Ford Lightning in Canada. So he was on a 1,000-mile trip from wherever he was inside of Alaska to come to Chicago for a family reunion. And along the way, um, he went through what he had to do with this Ford Lightning. And I'm not picking on Ford Lightning here. Um, he was working on more of the, uh, the electric vehicle issue for a long mm-hmm. term. So and driving for such a long time, first of all, he had a small uh, fender bender with it and then having to spend six months in the shop because nobody had parts for the Ford Lightning uh, to get it. So spent in the shop, they get it done, they get it ready to go, they get loaded up, they start taking their trip. And on the way down, they just kept having a quagmire all along the way. And in quagmire, they stopped at a public charging site in two places inside of uh, Minnesota, and both of them were broke. They didn't work. They had an 800 number to call if you had problems. None of those phone numbers worked. Um, so they ended up having to have the truck towed to a Ford dealership that had a charging station to get them charged. Jeez. So they finally got charged and get along the way. And as they finally get down into Chicago, um, something breaks. And, of course, they said it was going to be a couple of months to get parts while they're sitting there. So eventually, as it turns out, um, they got rid of it and then just bought a different truck and drove home with a, a gas-powered truck because they had such a problem with the electric one. Um, and so you look at this, and... The conclusion was, is if you're driving inside of the city, it, it was just fine. Of course, he had to put in $10,000 of chargers between his office and his home to make sure the truck was going back and forth. 
he said, but if you're going anyplace or going out somewhere, um, it just isn't practical in what they're doing. Um, so uh, it was an interesting article, but I was happy that somebody finally looked at it and said, okay, uh, we're buying an electric vehicle, and, and it might be great. I know some people have Teslas, and they love them to death. Mm-hmm. Um, except taking a 1,200-mile trip is probably uh, going to be a lot more work than what they think. So interesting um, uh, how that goes. So um, in this article, they said that here's when an EV is cheaper than a gas-powered car, and then they also have the other side that says here's where it is uh, more expensive, and uh, the best verdict that they have in here is what's best for you. Mm-hmm. Essentially, this article is the same thing. If you're within a city, you can charge every day. Uh, the electric seems to be the better place to go. But if you're taking a trip, obviously, have something with gas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, a lot easier. and that's always been my thought on it as well. Uh, for somebody like me, I would actually need to have two vehicles then. I would have to have the electric for going back and forth to work during the week, putting you know the 20 miles or so on uh, that I do between home and the office uh, five, six yeah, times yeah. a week. Then I would need to have the Chevy Malibu gas-powered to make the road trips to the Twin Cities on the weekend, to South Dakota for vacation, wherever it is I I happen to be going. And, of course, for me, that's just not practical uh, to do it on Mm -hmm. on one income like that. So that's always been my take on the electric vehicles. They will have their place, but it's not necessarily the, you know, maybe the be-all, end-all that some people might make it out to be. Yeah, yeah. So it's always a, a difference on what you need to have done. I'm a big fan of the the hybrid technology that's out there, and um, and and this is off the script a little bit, but they do have it in this article. They're saying behind door number three, consider hybrids or leasing. I'm not sure about the leasing part. I've never been a big fan of those, but oh, never never uh, lease. <laughs> the the hybrids in here, um, where you're having something that's got an electric motor that's charging a battery situation, um, and and Toyota really did a heck of a job with these. Um, and their synergy systems, that's what a Prius is and so forth. Um, I, I actually kind of like those, and I think they make it so that you can still take the long trip but still have the uh, the benefit and the ease of electric and the inexpensiveness of, of the electric inside of uh, uh, a small town. And, folks, you know, we, we travel quite a bit, and I see more and more taxis that are Priuses. Amazingly, I actually get in the back seat. Getting out is another story. But mm-hmm. I'm seeing Priuses regularly in the taxi community. They got four and five hundred thousand miles on them along the way. Um, they're impressive machines, and you can drive them all day without having to charge them because the small engine fires up the batteries, which is exactly how locomotives work uh, for a train. And uh, mm. I I think that's the better direction we're going to end up going versus all electric. I think there's just issues with all electric and being able to fire them up. And as we've said so many times in this program, as well as articles and we've heard on the news, if everybody had an electric vehicle right now, we wouldn't have enough power in the power grid to be able to charge them all when we need to. So there's got to be some sort of a balance we'll find in the middle of there, and it might be the hybrids. Mm-hmm. 715-845-2155 is the number to call if you have a question for uh, Merle. As always, our banter is just the filler for your phone calls, and we do have an open phone line for you right now. If you do uh, have something you'd like to run by Merle, get some advice from him, and of course, uh, most importantly, do so absolutely free of charge through the uh, means that is available absolutely free of charge in all vehicles, and that is local radio. Another plug there for uh, for my business. Good job. You know, you're... Uh... 
your balls will be happy about that. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. Uh, Merle, what else, uh, what else have uh, customers been uh, asking, or I should say clients, not customers, uh, been asking you this week? We have had, over the course of the last couple of weeks, now, um, last week we were in the office finally, uh, I was, uh, the week before we still did clients, we had to do them by radio. So um, uh, for those of you that are listening, we, we took mom on her trip of a lifetime. She doesn't want to go to Alaska, so we took mom. and We came back, and our whole group came back with COVID uh, from the cruise ship. So we got a chance to stay at home and relax. Well, we just did everything by phone. Um, over that time period, but um, but we're back. But what's interesting is over the course of that last couple of weeks, while we're in Alaska, of course, we're still in contact with our our you know, office and that stuff going on. A lot of people retiring. So with the market running up this week, I think some people just got some comfort and, and uh, said, "Okay, I'm, I'm just going to be done. I'm going to head and retire." So we've just had a bunch of people retiring and uh, getting money put back together and. Saying, okay, I'm going to start. This is what I need for an income. I'm getting ready to go. So we've been back in that mode of getting people ready to go. You know, getting them with 401ks or 457s, whatever the plan might be. 403bs, all positioned where they want to have some income and some growth, whatever the case may be. We've been enormously busy with that, which is uh, always a good thing. I like to see it when people, you know, retire and start getting out and living the dreams that they want to do. It's an exciting time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I know uh, for me, I'm constantly planning little trips, uh, sports tourism, obviously a huge part of what I do. As I mentioned last week, I was in Chicago just to kind of take the day off and actually give myself a two day weekend, uh, to, to enjoy something like that. Uh, so I'm constantly thinking, you know what, I, I'm going to go on the East coast one year. I'm going to, you know, the angels, maybe they'll be on like a three city East coast road trip and I'm going to go to the entire series just as a way of seeing that portion of the country that I've never been to yet. Sure. And then I, I think, you know what? That's going to actually going to take a lot of money. Uh, but You're going to end up having a side job for your side job. Yeah, exactly. That's why <laughs> that's why I have somebody like Merle Kelch on speed dial who can say, hey, here's a way that you can have more money in retirement, whether that's splitting up the contribution to your 401k and doing – a you know a certain percentage to a Roth IRA so that way that portion of the money is tax free when you start to use it and right. slowly shifting that balance a bit which is actually advice that Merle gave me at one point and something that I've actually implemented yeah it's working it is you working know folks mighty fine well, well you're getting rich this is great <laughs> folks just as we're talking about the vehicles the electrics and the hybrids uh, no kidding this popped up literally. As I'm sitting here, the article popped up uh, by Claudia. Okay, now, go now Google uh, targeted advertising is starting to get creepy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they probably heard my voice and it popped up on the iPad, right? Right. Um, so uh, it happened in MarkaWatch.com, article by Claudia. This Ford is going in on hybrids, uh, going all in on hybrids, and here's why. It's kind of interesting. Um, I'm just browsing the article here, folks, and as it popped up, it's pretty much they're saying that. You know, going all electric or all that, there's got to be some place in the middle. And so they're all going all into the hybrid. We saw the same conversation happen from Toyota earlier in the year, uh, where Toyota had said instead of an article, they think they're going to get away from all electric vehicles and only do hybrids because they think it's the better um, long-term uh, direction to go. So um, there we go. As we speak, uh, the articles and, you know, the, the phone and people talking magically adheres us and the stuff shows up. Mm-hmm. 
Again, 715-845-2155 is the number to call if you have a question for Merle. 715-845-2155. We'd be happy to connect with you uh, during the break. But first, uh, here's Chris Conley with today's edition of This Day here on WSAU. Last segment here, Making Financial Sense with Merle Kelch on AM550, FM 99.9 WSAU and online at WSAU.com. As always, the phone lines are open at 715-845-2155 if you have a question for Merle. We actually did get a question uh, during the break and uh, it was actually about uh, something we had talked about earlier in the program. Uh, Merle, what did, uh, what did Mark ask you during the break? Yeah, and so and so. By the way, Mark, I, we do appreciate uh, your question. We missed you doing it live, but uh, folks, we always have a little bit of pre-work before we tend to have a phone call that comes on live. And so, Mark asked the question that with the downgrade. And so, remember uh, earlier we talked in the program, Fitch, which is a rating company, reduced the U.S. debt from AAA to AA plus. And 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 Mark made a point. He said we very well could come down uh, again. Was his point? He said. So, what do we need to do? Was his question to help move Congress to start doing something more? Well. It all really comes down to our voting, folks, and, and it really comes down to that. Somewhere along the way, but I don't know if we start on the local standpoint, which I have friends that have that opinion, uh, whether you start on governmental or, or federal standpoint, but somewhere along the way, it's Congress that's setting these things and getting these things fixed. So we have to have that part fixed. I mean, it's a simple logic. We all know that. If you continue to keep giving something and, and spending, uh, it's not going to fix the, the back door and shoring up the, the financial expenses. Like anything else, we got to stop the amount that we're spending and increase the amount that we're collecting to be able to get this stuff balanced. So we got to have those votes. And sadly, I see so many politicians that are running for office that don't have that question. I don't know about you, Mike, but I would love to see a politician come up there and just simply say, listen, we're going broke. This is how much it's going to be. We're going to be this broke. This is what's going to happen. This is how much it's costing you. And, and, and we don't see that. They all tend mm-hmm. to makes it look all flowery and beautiful. And we, of course, have all the arguments where, you know, the government's not giving me enough money. We're going to promise to give all this money to you and to your particular base, and that hope we're going to give it to you and make it all better if you vote for us. Well, that doesn't get the job done. Um, uh, And so I just wish there would just be some straightforward truth that happens from a politician. Does that ever happen? I'm sorry. Um, But but there's... Eventually, we, we have to have people in there that are willing to make the hard decisions and act like adults, and it just never seems to be that way from a political standpoint. There are those that are out there, and I'm not going to say they're not, but largely, it seems like we keep voting sheep into the uh, political process. Yeah, in, indeed. And, uh, you know, as somebody like me that has a front row seat to this uh, every day of the week, I won't use the, uh, the, the actual word that I more often than not will use to describe this uh, on the air, but... You, you definitely do see uh, a lot of that and it seems like uh, the the opinion or the uh, the talking points that get the traction sometimes aren't always the talking points that are the most helpful we will uh, we'll yeah. put it that way uh, but again that's uh, it's that's another discussion for another time that happens uh, in several other hours of the week yeah. on yeah. this radio station I think one of the, the the key questions I've asked not only politicians but individuals who I've been in you know, cases where we're projecting to spend a bunch of money from a, a group or something like that. And, and the first question I always tend to stop and say, okay, who's paying for this? Mm-hmm. And usually the people that are part of that board or that group or the politicians stop and go, what? Yeah, we want to spend the money, but who's paying for it? How are we going to raise the money to be able to spend that? Um, whether it was, uh, you know, as an officer in a nonprofit or whatever, that it's just 
it pops out of, uh, into our head tonight, I would think, in Mark's instance, and in saying, you know, how do we change that? Somebody's just simply got to ask these politicians, saying, how are we paying for that? You know, whether it's, uh, um, you know, somebody want to give money for this cause or give money for that cause, how are we paying for that? When there's already no money inside of the budget in which to pay for things that are done, I mean, you want to add some monthly more to it. How are we going to pay that? Nobody ever wants to answer that question. They just want to spend it. Well, if the money's not there, it's got to become from borrowing, and it continues to expand upon the problems that we have with credit rating, national debt, um, et cetera, et cetera. And that makes it enormously uh, difficult. And maybe that's the Merle Kells tip for the day. Um, if you're going to vote for a politician, go see them when they make all these promises. doesn't matter which side of the aisle is the good guys or the bad guys for you. Mm-hmm. But ask them a question, how are you going to pay for this? And I think that's the uh, difficulty that's out there. 715-845-2155 is the number to call. We do have uh, a couple of minutes yet if you have a quick question for Merle. Uh, Merle, I imagine uh, just kind of in hearing you talk about this and react to Mark's point uh, on that, which he gave us off the air, uh, that's probably one of the hard parts about your job is when somebody comes to you with that retirement account, they they hand over those balance sheets and those statements and tell you what they want to do. And, and you maybe sometimes have to say, uh, we might have to rein some of this back in or find a different way uh, to pay for it because the numbers here just aren't adding up. Um, we do have to do that. Um, yeah, we, we had somebody just this past year that came into the office and said, I really want to retire. I'm just really tired of working. I really want to stop. And so I just want to retire and do this and that. We went through the math and said, well, sorry, you're not retiring. But when you do, your income is going to be cut in half because there's just no savings here. Um, it's a difficult part about the job and the industry that I'm in, but it's also reality. Um, you know, no matter what, math is math and math works. Um, it, you know, you can't put in the feelings into math. Math just tells you what the numbers are going to be. And sometimes the biggest job that we have to have people and, and and clients do is to say, um, how much is your budget? It is like pulling teeth because nobody wants to go through and see how much money they're spending. Um, so we'll actually have people go through and, and pull three months worth of their expenditures um, and say, okay, let's put all these together because usually inside of a three-month period of time, you'll get your health insurance in there and the water bill and some of those things too and uh, uh, car insurance. You get all these things put together and say, this is how much you're spending on average on a monthly basis. Um, but you know, it, it's, uh, you know, one and a half times more than what you're earning. How do we, how are we going to fix this? You know? And so a lot of hard decisions that we have to do to try to get, uh, those numbers, and those, those budgets into place. It's a little, some work indeed. So, but of course, how are you going to get where you want to go? If you, if you don't do that and take that, uh, good hard look at, yeah, uh, at your it's, expenditures, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a hard job for us all to take a look at and know where they are. Um, you know, there's some people that are out there that have everything inside of their uh, dollar amounts uh, inside of a spreadsheet, and I've seen that happen. Um, I have some people that have no idea why their credit card keeps going up every month. Well, we all do, um, but mm-hmm. I think it's something they just want to ignore and not look at. Um, but we've all seen it, but, um, you know, to get to retirement, we all have to take a look at that picture and uh, and make that math work. The math doesn't have feelings. And, uh, and again, maybe politicians need this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it might not hurt. It might not hurt. Yeah, so, boy. 
Yeah. Well, Merle, as always, it's been a a, a great, uh, insightful discussion here on Making Financial Sense on AM550, FM 99.9 WSAU, online at WSAU.com as well. A uh, reminder, you can always listen back to previous episodes uh, under the podcast section at WSAU.com. Maybe you long for the days of Tom King uh, in the seat. You can re- relive that last week, the one-day one only reunion episode which occurred last uh, Saturday. Uh, Merle, though, if they want to get in touch with you and uh, sit down and have that discussion uh, at your office, how do they get a hold of you? Folks can give us a call. Monday morning, we'll be in there making coffee and stop in, kick the tires, say hello I am thir- hello and hi on 3rd Avenue and Bridge Street, Wausau, Wisconsin. You can give us a call locally at 715-849-3600. Toll free outside of the Wausau area at 866-355-5100. Or you can find us online at kelsonassociates.com. Well, Merle, once again, we will uh, be back again next week. Uh, Two weeks from now, it's going to be another best of show, though. Both Merle and I are going to be on vacation, though not at the same spot. We will just both be on vacation. No, no, not quite. We're not that friendly yet. (laughs) Always appreciate the time, Merle, and uh, we will look forward to chatting again next week here on Making Financial Sense on AM 550, FM 99.9 WSAU online at WSAU.com as well. Brewers baseball coming up at 635 today as the Brewers will take on the Chicago White Sox after an extra innings win yesterday. We'll see what today has in store. 540 for the pregame coverage, 615 first pitch from the south side here on WSAU. Fox News headlines are coming up next.